Mama K. Oh. Hi, everybody. And, Ma- and Mama K. Yeah. And Mama K. And tonight we're doing Last Night in Soho. Last Night in Soho is the new Edgar Wright film, and I have been very excited for this for quite a while. The first trailer came out like years uh, ago, maybe a year ago, yeah. and I was oh, I was the whole thing was supposed to come out last year, but they weren't even promoting it because they knew it was going to get pushed. Yeah, uh, but I was just absolutely hyped that he's making another movie that is not a Sparks Brothers documentary. <laughs> and it is a horror movie. So, well, it's a thriller slasher kind of movie, but it's still got his comedy in it. He li- um, it, it literally he literally made one Sparks Brothers movie. Calm down. Well, I've I've after Baby Driver, which yes. I do not love. Uh, he made nothing for for years, and then he made Sparks Brothers documentary, and I, I saw that, and I was like, hey, it's fine. And then finally, he made an actual movie because I want his actual movies. So, okay. Uh, would you guys know anything about last night? Yeah, just that the previews came out a long, long time ago, and I do like some Edgar Wright stuff. Um, I do like a fair amount of it. So I was, like you, excited. I did not see Sparks Brothers, so the last thing I saw was Baby Driver, which I did enjoy. I think I liked that more than you did. So, um, yeah. I think you liked that more, like, what is that, your second, third favorite of his? Because that's, that's definitely my least favorite, except for Sparks uh, I mean, I like... You know, there's Shaun of the Dead, and then... Uh, I know Shaun's your favorite. Shaun's my favorite. Um, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, he made Ant-Man. He was supposed to make Ant-Man, but he did not. Yeah, that didn't happen. It's still listed in his credits. Mm. I think he has a partial screenplay credit. He was originally supposed to direct it, but he ended up not directing it. That would have been interesting, though, actually. Why why is... Uh, Yeah, but it wouldn't have... He wouldn't have been able to do a story. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, he because he was on the original one, and then he did. They had creative differences, so he left probably because they wouldn't let him do his his wacky shots. Oh, I see what my favorite Edgar Wright movie is. Oh, it's not. Yes. It hasn't been mentioned. No, Hot Fuzz, Sing. No, he didn't direct Sing. Well, why is it listed <laughs> in his credits? Well, what are you looking on? I am Google. Oh, not Google. Why is Garth, he on it? Garth he Jennings. It? Garth Jennings directed. All right, the then movie. fucking forget it. I don't like anything he made. No, I. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's so not true. Were you looking forward to this, um, Nicole? I didn't. I never even heard of this before. Um, <laughs> but I did ask my coworker today if he had heard about this because he likes to ask me things about the about the uh, episodes that we do, and I asked him if he liked Edgar Wright and he said he does and I, I said have you heard of this he, he was like I was on the fence so I told him my feelings about it once we discussed that he had interest so okay someone I know had interest but I, I just I haven't heard of it he was the voice of a goat <laughs> insane <laughs> the, so he was like a cameo best thing he's done he in his whole life Wes Anderson was also one of the uh, animals he was a giraffe so I guess I guess just knew other directors and had them. Yeah, no, he did. He did not direct that. Uh, so last night in Soho, oh. Eloise, an aspiring fashion designer, Ellie. is mysteriously able. Sorry. Wait. <laughs> Let me get through my thing. Eloise, an aspiring fashion designer, is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s, where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer, Sandy, but the glamour is not all it appears to be, and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something far darker. So, if you haven't seen last... 
if you haven't seen Last Night in Soho, it's in theaters now. And uh, we're going to spoil it. And uh, yeah. Yeah, no, other, no other disclaimers needed. Uh, yeah. So, Eloise, Ellie, as she's referred to in the movie, I think that's what you interrupted me with, Ellie Turner, uh, <laughs> loves the music and fashion of the 60s and dreams of becoming a fashion designer. Um, also, her mother was a designer, uh, but she killed herself during Ellie's childhood, and occasionally she sees her mother's ghost in mirrors. And this is all in the first mm, two minutes we, were, we established this. Yes. Uh, she lives in a rural home in Redruth, Cornwall, and she uh, gets into London College of Fashion, and this is where the movie takes place. Uh, and Ellie moves in, and she does not get along with her other uh, people who go there, and especially her roommate, uh, Jocasta, who's uh, snobbish. The mean girls. And, uh, so she, the mean girls. So she, she quickly moves out and moves into like an old place uh, in Googe Place, uh, and it's owned by the elderly Miss Collins. And she lets her stay there. She has some rules, like no boys after eight, no sound after some other time. Uh, that's gonna smell like garlic all the time. There's this flashing light outside from the bistro next door. So, it's a it's a not ideal place to live, but it's pretty big for London. And you know, and she's got like no money, so she has to go and work at a at a bar as a bartender uh, to try to make ends meet. And uh, meanwhile, every time she goes to sleep at night, she has a vivid dream uh, where it transports her back into the 60s, and she's living like some sort of double life with a confident young blonde woman named Sandy, and Sandy is an aspiring singer. And we follow Ellie in modern-day London trying to be a fashion designer, as well as Sandy being a, trying to be a singer and then uh, like things going differently for her uh, in 60s London and then their worlds kind of collide and it becomes a bad, a bad it becomes a bad time for for Ellie and Sandy so uh, that is enough to kick things off Nicole what did you think of last night in Soho mm. well not knowing what to expect in the movie and I, I think I looked it up just briefly before I went. And I saw it was classified as horror thriller. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, that's, that's really interesting. Um, I don't really know what to expect of that. And watching the movie, the first third or so, or I guess we could even get into half, um, didn't seem like it would be that. <laughs> I'm like, where does that come from? Um and then we watch more of it and see quite a bit of gore and slasher and horror and bloodiness and scary things. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess they were serious. <laughs> um, but I actually liked the level of goriness that it was because I think it really told the story well. Um, I don't think we needed any more than what we got. I think we got the point. But the, the story itself is really quite interesting. Um, I, I like the whole dream sequence turning into reality. Maybe. We don't know. We can't really decipher right away what's going on. Um, is it a dream or is she mentally ill? I mean, that's where right. I go. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that was a really well put together um psych out for us if you want to say like you know we, we could not determine that and i think that that also lends really well to the actresses 
in this. Especially the lead actress. I can't think of her name. I don't know her name. Um, Thomas and McKenzie. The lead actress? Thomas yeah, and McKenzie. Yeah. yeah. I think she just did like an excellent job in this. I've seen shit in that, that she's in that is just bad. Um, looking at you uh m night Shyamalan and making old um yeah she is so you hated her so much in old i'm like i promise so she's good bad. she's so good in other things it was and so bad <laughs> jojo rabbit so i haven't seen that she's the best so. part in jojo rabbit yeah agree and she's the best part in most movies she's in yeah i mean I, w- I would definitely look into more of her stuff but i mean seeing old so recently because i mean all these things that we're <laughs> watching now weren't supposed to come out when they are so it's just a shame that someone gets stuck in a shitty thing right after, a, a, right before a really good thing. People might not want to go see it. But Is that whatever. Old the the island movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. They go on a beach and yeah. they get old. I listened to yeah. the podcast, but I couldn't remember if that's what it was called. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Okay. So she was just a, played a really weird part in that, but that's no fault of hers, I guess. And I think that she acts the same way in every like what i've seen her in and she's fit for a role like this a timid um quiet you know a curious type of person and th- this type of role fits someone like her um so we'll get i guess we'll get more into the other people in the movie but i think it i can't i couldn't talk about what i felt about it without saying that i think that she made the movie for me um because there's some crazy stuff that happens in here but i think she was just fit <laughs> Fit for having that back and forth. Is she crazy? Does she have her mother's mental illness that they that they hint at, or is she legitimately seeing these apparitions? Is London haunted? Is that bar haunted? Like, what's going on? So, really interesting. I liked most of it, and I stayed awake the whole time. So, right there is <laughs> wow. something to say about it. <laughs> nice. All right, decent start, Mama K. Um, so Edgar Wright has, I, I feel like he just, when he has these ideas for his movies, that he is just 100% constantly smiling all the time because he knows what he wants to do and he's really masterful at putting it out there. I think they come out as close to what he thinks he wants. You know, I think he's really uh, good at that. Having said that, what kind of movies do I not go to? This isn't really a horror film. Okay, come on, that's a lie. Um, was I? There's not. There's not that. It's not that. I, sca- it's not actually scary. Was I a hundred percent alone in the theater? And this is <laughs> the first week that this particular theater has been open in since the beginning of COVID. And did it smell like somebody's attic? Yes, <laughs> all of that. Um, I don't know whether I was happier that I was alone. It would have been creepier if the one other guy in the whole uh, Cineplex came into that movie with me and sat like next to me. Um, That might have only been creepier. I'm not sure. Uh, Yeah, I I, this was this was tough for me. Great premise. Great story. Not for me. Hmm. It's it's only scary in the last. I mean, I, I don't really find it scary, but, like, it's it's only horror-y in the last tw- half hour, maybe? No. Like, the whole, the whole, most no. of the beginning is pretty, no, pretty lighthearted. No, it's like the most, it's the, fo- it's the first 40 minutes is probably fine. And then after that, I was checking my phone every five minutes, hoping that this was ending. 
because it was I was really, really close. If I didn't have to do that, well, first of all, if I didn't have to do this, I would have been seeing it with somebody else. But if I didn't have to do this, I would have walked out because I cannot I cannot. I When it comes to things that are supernatural or whatever, I mean, I see dead people in real life. I can't do that. So now these things are permanently uh, in my head and, um, and I don't like it. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to dream tonight about faceless men. And it's not the gore part of it. That's not the part that... No, the men are scary. Creeps me out. The men are scary. I mean, the men are scary when they're not faceless. But that's because they're just being men. But I don't know how, uh, yeah, I could have watched this in a better way the way I watched Get Out because I really wanted to see that because Jordan Peele. You mean you ruined Get Out for yourself by watching the last 20 minutes and you then watch the whole thing. You say ruin, I say experience because that's the only way that I'm, I'm allowed to experience these kind of movies. Cause it's, and I could watch Get Out now perfectly fine. Like from front to yeah, back. Yeah, but you ruined the twist for yourself. I, but the, I don't. It doesn't matter. That's not. That's that's not it. See, this, and I can still appreciate the storytelling of Get Out, which I could have appreciated this if I would have watched it five times backwards, each time going a little bit further toward the front. So, yeah, um, yeah. Also, mm. I ate way too many wasabi peas while I was watching this, and my <laughs> mouth was really dry. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so I, I, Edgar Wright's one of those Wait. two directors. What? Go ahead. You still going on some peas? What? <laughs> who who takes those as their snack of choice? Wait, what? Oh, the snack of choice. Uh, yeah. It was a weird day, man. I didn't have anything to eat until awesome. three thirty wasabi. Oh peas. yeah, nothing like ripping up your stomach with some fucking wasabi peas. Well, I balanced it out with some like micro Heath bars from you know Halloween leftovers. So <laughs> it was pretty that epic. Sounds like a horribly gross combination. <laughs> the I would whole not experience that. was epic. <laughs> um, Edgar is one of those few directors where I've seen every movie he's made. Uh, and I don't think he's ever made. Sin? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen every movie he's made a cameo in. No, um, you're watching Sing every movie tonight. He's directed, and uh, <laughs> I I don't think he's ever made a bad movie, uh, including Sparks. I was just giving that crap because I didn't want to see a documentary of his. I wanted to see an actual narrative movie. Um, and this is uh, extremely ambitious. Like maybe his most ambitious and. Like he, I, I know I'm gonna get his humor and his camera tricks and his uh, constant soundtrack, which are all things that I really like in most of his movies. Um, and so I, I really this, I really like this. And the first two thirds, I was like, oh, thank God, it's like crushing it. It's gonna be an easy shoe in for a top five, top ten. And then yeah. I slowly started having to defend it a little bit more in my head as it, we got into the third act because I don't love how this movie ends I, it doesn't uh yeah it fizzles a bit it doesn't um, it takes the easy way out it well it's it, it's i don't see the end coming i don't see the twist coming but like i knew something was gonna happen because the, the the red herring is too obvious uh right. but i i don't see the end exactly coming and it doesn't all it just doesn't fit uh, thematically and narratively in like a nice bow like I'd like um, and I think back to a lot of his other movies and I, I think his endings are typically not my favorite part of his movies his strength is like 
the the is it, like the middle the the beginning the middle are always so strong yeah. yeah he's got great but he doesn't always stick a landing um and this one definitely is like that uh i i and i i didn't find this super scary again like i don't think this is a particularly scary movie there's maybe two or three jump scares in here um and there's actually one jump scare that I really liked. It was an earned jump scare in the library when we talked about the library scene because I love the library scene. Um, but I, the beginning, the first third is like straight his comedy pretty much. Like all the stuff in the house and the dorm room, there's really nothing scary. There's a couple of like shadowy people in the corners setting us up. You need to I define comedy because I found none of that. Be- none of the, I, there was no comedy in this for me and which I, which that's fine. Nicole and I chuckled quite a few times. No. Um, did you laugh, Nicole? Because all I, I found... I that can't recall. I just find... It was just narrative. I didn't find that it was funny at all. Like, there was nothing funny I, about this movie. We were laughing at a lot of the co- the college stuff at the beginning. Um, the some of the, the... The college stuff with the other... With the other... Pe- the other girls. With the mean girls? Um, yeah, the mean girls, and... Uh, so the, the, there, there's, there, are, there are lines in here that are funny. There are, like, bits and moments that... That we were that we were laughing, um, including some of the. Sure, not me. Agree. Yeah, we we. Well, it's because you were just constantly like with your fingers over your eyes, dreading anything happening. It's. I wasn't. It's, uh, there, I until until the I don't even remember what it was that kind of put me over the edge, and then it was the man faces. Oh, I know what it was. It was the man that came into her room. And then she hit the alarm clock thinking that she was waking up and she wasn't fucking waking up. And then the man was still there and it was like, Oh, and then the man grabbed her arm when yeah. she was reaching for it again. Which is the first time oh, I jumped good. and yelled fuck in an empty theater. So I'm sure somebody was having a really good time <laughs> listening. To like I, 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 I have notoriously hard on jump scares because I think there's a lot of bad cheap ones. And I thought there's only, there's only a couple in here and I thought they were pretty well earned. Like that one felt earned because we just had a whole setup yes. and like we've had, it's it's set up set up subversion. That's like the best way to do it. And we've had her hit the alarm clock the whole time at eight yep. a.m. And this time it's it's a it's a good setup. Yes, um, I don't I don't all, disagree, all, but it scared me. <laughs> that's part of the point. Uh, all yep. the dream sequences are great. I love the mirror tricks mm-hmm. uh, with the two of them. Uh, I love how integrated between the two characters are in in the in the sixties world. Um, it, it's just the it's really just how it how it kind of fizzles a little bit at the end uh with our resolution that is just a little disappointing and the the mother piece doesn't r- tie in as well to the story either i would have maybe i think not the had mother the mother piece part was just for us to think like okay is this an inherited mental illness that she's facing like that we know that the mom died from killing herself so maybe this is just what's happened. That's why the grandma doesn't want her to go to London because she might have like an episode. Right. I I, I agree. That's why it's there. But, but they I didn't don't flesh it out I, enough. I yeah. I don't ever. I never feel like she's crazy and we're not seeing these. I'm always with her and being like, this is happening, and of course no one's going to believe you because no one would believe you. And the, that the mental illness thing is an ex, is an excuse for people to not believe her more, like for the, the grandma not to believe her, and for the police to be like, "Oh, do you have a history of your mental illness and all that stuff?" Um, I, I would have liked a, much, a a more straight up, just like she's going to school, she's doing the thing, and then uh, there's this twisted back thing, and then at, at the end it's revealed who who what the what the the real the real bad guy is, and 
Um, I think that would have, I don't know, something more like something. My favorite of his is Hot Fuzz. And there is a, that's also, that's a straight up buddy cop movie. And then there's a, I guess that's a little horror but that's still very silly, like played for yeah, laughs. Yeah, that's very different. More so than this. Yeah. Uh, more so, yeah. And um, that has a great twist, but it actually ties in and makes it feel like, but it doesn't feel like a, a deeper theme thing. That's another thing is there's not a lot, I don't look for Edgar Wright movies for theme stuff, like deeper underneath stuff. I like much more surface homage send-ups, kind of like a, a sillier British Tarantino kind of thing. Um but what uh, back to you, Nicole? You, were there what were the uh, parts that didn't work for you? Because for the most part, I agree. I enjoyed almost all of this. I liked most of it too. Um, I'm having trouble picking out anything that really sticks out in my head. Is like, oh, I didn't like that. Um, I think I don't like the typical mean girls portion of it. Like it, it didn't. I understand we had to have some sort of like negative experience for her to move into this room. Right. But but I felt like it got overplayed towards the end. Like we still had uh mean mean girl number one rolling her eyes after the fashion show. Like, give me a break. Like this is a done <laughs> now. Like it was that was that also, was Also did silly. you get the feeling like you didn't know if they were like nineteen or like twenty three? Like I didn't yeah. know whether they were going like right in is this college, first year college, or are Yeah, these... I think they're all supposed to be like eighteen, nineteen. That's the age that I Oh, they I got. felt a lot older than that to me. So yeah. I don't think so. I, I thought uh, Thomas and Mackenzie was in nineteen when they filmed this. I don't know, let me check the other Well she might have been episodes. that but the other like the mean girls, they seemed older. Um the other guys that they sort of ran into at that club that first night in yeah. Soho. The woman who played like the the mean girl roommate Jac- uh, Jacosta and Carison, yeah, she would have been twenty two when they were filming this. Okay, exactly. So a little older. Just said. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, the co- that... they're definitely college age. I don't ever feel like they're in like their mid to late twenties. Like uh, the <laughs> I what the hell you. was I saying? Um, oh, the the part that I don't like the most. I mean, I guess it's necessary. I'm not really a fan of this Lindsay character. Um, mm. He really irritates me, like, showing <laughs> yeah. up and knowing her name and being so fucking mysterious. Why would the why would the bar ma- uh, owner not say, oh, Lindsay's here again. The, like, <laughs> he's a regular. And then all of this could have been fucking avoided instead of her thinking that it's that he's Jack. Like. That was that was really dumb. <laughs> I was waiting like, for the end well, for that's, us to find out his that's name the was red Jack Lindsay. So, uh, so you thought it actually? Was I didn't gonna think be that's him? what you meant by the red herring. Of wait, yeah, I did. There was there was, there was wait. Well, because we see him very <laughs> early on, else. and right. we're, and as soon as we see, I think we see the Lindsay before we see Jack in the past, and yeah. as soon as I see Jack in the past, I'm like, oh, that's the old guy, like that's the old guy in the future, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, ah, they're probably going to do something, so that's probably the red herring. Eh. <laughs> Nicole didn't like that part. I didn't like that part. I don't like that guy. I, so I can see you not liking the old guy because he just like has like this all knowing like speech. It's just so. Him. Why does it have to be so fucking mysterious? Just be like, I'm not. I don't know who Jack is. My name's Lindsay. Like, just say something. <laughs> like, oh, I knew now all the girls f- back in the follow day. Follow her and around <laughs> for a week and a half, and how do you even know what her name is? 
I was quite the looker back then. Yeah, who, what the hell? <laughs> Creepo? No wonder she thinks she killed somebody. Well, I mean, yeah. he probably did. You know, it's, it's well, he was, a, he was the cop back in the day, so yeah, yeah it's, it's very possible. Yeah. Um, fa- all right, so the, a favorite, like, let's do favorite sequences and stuff, because like, I think we've got most of our gripes out of the way before we get to the, the twist I have, ending, I have but... a gripe. I don't, I don't like the ending. I That's my... I mean, the gripe is the fact what that I. What were you this considering the my, ending? I the the like the denouement of her going back to, you know, the fashion she, show. She gets him out, her boyfriend out, or whatever. They go to the fashion show, and then, you know, her mom shows up in the mirror, and oh look, we're being blessed by mom, and then, you know, and then also. Um, what's Sandy. her name? Sandy shows up in the mirror, and it's like I didn't like that either. Oh God! Okay, this girl might as well just honestly off herself right now because she's <laughs> never going to be rid of the situation, which is not, you know, I think there's a mental illness piece of it, but the fact that you know early, early in the film she's, you know, making out a little bit with Jack, and she gets a hickey, and she's got a hickey in in her non sixties. That life, was really going somewhere, wasn't it? Life. Well, I like that because that confirms that she's not that it's not. I just, mean, she's experienced. She's experiencing something. She's right. not. It's not like all on her head. It's a supernatural situation. Been, I think we need a more crossover at that point. If we're gonna have something physical happen to her like that, we need to have um, maybe later on when she's being held down on the bed. Maybe she has like a some laceration. Something that like brings it back again to being like her in that in this in the situation i don't know if they yeah, just like, stop doing it i'm surprised they didn't do that in the scene where where we think sandy is being is being stabbed by jack in the past yeah. and then she falls on the ground and the and the the limp noodle boyfriend is there and gets thrown into the falls into the mirror and then the, the old lady comes up. Like, in there, that's where she probably should have had a cut or yes. some sort of yeah. uh, signs of a struggle. I, I agree. But the, the, the that these man are all... had so many teeth. Did you notice that? What? Who that, a, the... that actor just had a lot of teeth. John, <laughs> the boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you could see it's all like of Like he had any more teeth. teeth than the average person. He, just, he, <laughs> he, he had a large mouth. And you can see a lot of his teeth. His his jaw kind of oh comes out more than God. average, I suppose. Like yes, I, I understand <laughs> the teeth were prominent. But I don't think he had more of them. Yeah. Uh, it's just had the illusion, big teeth of a shark mouth, like your brother. I, also, I I don't like the John character because he's not a character. He's uh he's like he needs just around to. Have Ellie is his like, name John because um, oh they're Johns. A woman is a John. Yeah. Oh, maybe except he's like the only not not John. John. This, so. I was yeah, waiting for like him to only... turn too because you know we have me a too. I'm so, I'm, surpri- oh, I'm so glad that he didn't though. I am too. But the last movie we did, we were hoping that one guy wouldn't be bad and he wound up being bad. And just... Yeah, yeah. There there um, are some parallel. There are some promising young woman parallels. Yeah, I, I I thought of some some parts of that in here, but um, it's so the but the Good three parts. people who get the most screen time. So Thomas and McKenzie, Andy Taylor Joy, and Matt Smith is the guy who plays Jack. I think they're all so good that when it's just the and it's just one or two or three of them in a scene, and especially when it's the '60s stuff, it's so good. I love all the '60s flashback stuff. I think every, every 
bit of the 60s flashback stuff works. It's the modern stuff that doesn't all that like like the like Lindsay shuffling around and the poorly written boyfriend and the college student mean girl the college mean girls. That stuff's like hit like hit or miss and kind of trite and, and it's okay at parts, but the all of the time bendy stuff is the is the good stuff. I was like locked in engaged. It's his filmmaking too. He's he's the master of these the way he shoots stuff and he does quick, like all these quick cuts and he's always moving the camera around in creative ways. And I just love the way he shoots things. And then his music is just pounding this whole movie. Great, great soundtrack all throughout. So music I, is everything's always six plus with him. His music is like unmatched. Undefe- yeah. Like he is un- undefeated. He's, yeah. he's always got the, the, the best soundtrack, good tone going. Um, and then uh, what did I say? Uh, there's a couple of the horror scenes that I that worked for me. Did any what? Uh, I mean, it's nothing wrong with Kate and like didn't like any of the the faceless men. There were a lot of them. They were everywhere. I didn't like that. I mean, you can't even go to the library anymore, for God's sakes. <laughs> Don't put that. They Don't were, make that were, a quote for this. Oh my god. There was an there was an overwhelming number of them, and like they were always there. Like they like she literally couldn't go. Yeah, she couldn't you, once, escape once from Once they them. came in. Yeah. When did they come on the first time? When she finds out that th- that there's, that there are, I guess we haven't even said, uh, Sandy <laughs> is supposed happens? to be a singer and she, yeah, me- yeah Sandy's trying to be a singer. She meets Jack and Jack's going to be her manager. Sure uh, And she sing and she sings at, and th- this is stuff that I did not know was going to happen either. Like, I didn't know oh, what no, the past. Oh, no, really? I didn't know sh- the, the, what the past stuff was going to be because mm. the trailer is very good at not telling you what's going to happen, which is another reason I liked it. Uh, it looks interesting, but I didn't know it was going to actually happen. And so she's take, she takes you to the one club. She has an audition. And then the next time we go back, she's like a backup dancer at like a burlesque show. And then she starts getting pimped out. Mm. And I did, I did not see that coming. I, I didn't know how the, the past was going to go. First of all, the fact that they pit pick matt smith smith to do this you should have been known straight away that he was going to being a pimp straight up the only thing i've se- i know he's he was the doctor and i yeah. know he's in the crown but yeah. the only thing i've seen him in was uh, a horror movie uh called his house that uh <laughs> nicole jess and i did for the show like Ooh. a year ago and uh he what? was uh, he was not a villain in that he was the guy who was uh like helping them get like the or like the housing Really? He was, like a de- he was like a desk attendant. Yeah, he was the only guy in the movie that wasn't the couple. Well, I mean, uh... him in that suit in the 60s screams straight up pimp to me. Um, and also, you know, just by knowing it's, you know, 60 years ago that there's no way that somebody's just going to be like, yeah, you're a great singer. I can make you a singer without pimping you out whether it's to you know other like people on record labels or whatever this is worse i mean this is so much worse i didn't than expect that. it to go that far either right away i mean we all saw that she was a part of the burlesque show as her first like gig in the yeah that's what i knew i didn't know before that i wasn't sure I thought that I was I was on top of the world with Ellie in the main like getting my hair changed and getting a new attitude. I was like, yeah, that's right. The this if the girl in the past could do it, I can do it. Like that's that's what I, I was like. I was flying high. I was fist yeah. bumping. I was you happy. were about to get a blonde wig. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if she can do it, if, if she's gonna if she's gonna boss babe it. Yeah, we're gonna make it after all. No, that's no. I I knew straight away that the, that was bad news, especially when she's in there and she's singing and it's that 
him and that other the other guy who looked pretty uh pretty seedy there's a lot of trashy looking men in this movie like on purpose i'm not saying in real life but in on purpose they did really well at making the men look as trashy as they were um, I hate the scene when they start to become the faceless creatures is the one where she's actually running down the hallway and we see women like tying off and there's ones passed out. There's one oh, blowing guys yeah. and getting their faces beat in. That's a great it's scene, like, though. That's It's really so good. good. And the thing about, you know, Edgar Wright does when you're talking about how he films things, there's it seemed a lot smoother than he normally like his stuff is usually really choppy, quick cuts. And this is not not quick, but there's a a softness to it that's a little bit different i think than other things that i'm used to from him so the big quick cut thing that i noticed was and, and there's only there's a couple of them because he has to have them but it was at the beginning and that was something that made it made nicole and i just like a little, little chuckle it was a uh, uh, socks she got her socks she pulls the drawer out dumps the whole thing in yeah. that was just that was shot just like one of his Cornetto trilogy yeah. things would have been shot. I'm like, all right. I knew I knew he was still going to have some of that in there, which yeah. I love. I love that style. There were some car things that were like that too. And what what is his obsession with people getting hit by cars? Because I'm driving home from the theater, and guess what? You know, decides to run out in front of me a friggin' deer, and I'm like, I yeah, I had two deer is... run out in front of me on the way to the theater. What? No. Yeah, they were they were out and about. Nicole, no, Nicole and I had separate cars because she was coming from work. But oh my yeah, god, two deer. See. I don't know. There's something about this movie. It's a killer film. The part, you know, a part that I I really liked though. Um, what part, what? Nicole? I think that. <laughs> sorry, I think that the symbolism of everything actually really shines through in this. It is a horror film because what happened to Sandy is horrifying, and Absolutely. seeing that happen, and seeing these ghostly creepo men that were haunting her they really put that into a they really put that into perspective for everyone and i you know i hope you you i I know you got that reference brennan but i hope that you Mm -hmm. understood like what that what this kind of means like this movie and i don't i don't know if anybody really saw that coming so i actually i really liked that he made that kind of the the forefront of the movie to to show that you know this woman was terrorized and other it happens to to so many women and i think that's what he's getting at that ellie could feel and sense that helplessness and that how scared sandy was like that that was my favorite part of this yeah i think she had a very i think she had a a woman because that's very that's the very similar theme yeah similar what yeah. what was it? Promising, Promising young, young woman. woman. We oh, just did it yeah, for the I show. Seen that one. Yeah, the Jess and Mama Kay and I. But I'd totally watch, different I'd tone, watch it again. But very different tone. That's dark comedy. Where this is yeah. uh, not. Uh, that's not the one where she's in the nursing home, right? Nursing like trying home. trying to steal the old people's stuff. No, no, that's I care a lot, which no, no one no, liked as much one. as I no. did. I, oh, yeah, okay. no, but this is uh, Promising Young Woman's much better than that. Oh, Promising Young okay. Woman's like one of the best movies I've seen in the past five years. Oh, interesting. Um, but the uh, th- that's interesting. You say like like that was definitely the theme, but and I understood that the mental illness and the woman in danger, um, victim like fighting back, like those and empathizing with that. All themes I get, and like again, I, usually Edgar Wright movies are specifically devoid of, or they have themes, but that's not like it's not a, a, a 
message movie per se where a lot of other movies that we do on the show tend to have some sort of big theme and message going on but mm-hmm. the one that i got in here was uh your is to be skeptical of your nostalgia for the past that's my favorite theme in this is how this whole time she loves she wants to go to london so bad she right. wants london in the 60s and she gets to go to london in the 60s and it's and it's horrifying and it's got all these horrible big problems and it's just it's just as seedy and and difficult as it's always been and, and you know just because we romanticize the best parts of the past we leave out the parts that are well, terrible and you know you're right because we get scenes that that just that justify what you're saying like when she first brings in her artwork for her class and the teacher's like wow that's excellent and throughout the movie that piece of paper gets crumpled and blood-stained and burnt and like that's exactly what was happening to sandy in real life yeah, in the 60s and, you know also, that was that was really great great you know foreshadowing of that also, everything insidious happens like behind closed doors because London looks beautiful. I mean, if you're just talking about London, um, that all looks really great, both in they got real... Thunderball, one of the best. Thunderball. I, know, and I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> throwback to Thunderball. I was like, here it is, Thunderball. Um, but you know, it looks beautiful in 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 today's world, and it looks beautiful um, in the 1960s. And then you go behind the doors, you know? Um, and then we see some foreshadowing with that was she first gets in the taxi cab when she first gets to London in real time. And he says, uh, the taxi cab driver starts off. He sounds like he's going to be fine, but I knew straight away he was going to be, um, a total aw- awful person. Skis. And yeah. he, uh, he says, ah, oh, London now, you know, London's London, like London's the same as it's always been. And you're like, yeah, um, and that's not a good thing in this case. <laughs> right. And it's not a good thing if you're saying that because you're a terrible person. So you're basically just saying that, mm-hmm. yeah, we haven't we haven't evolved at all. So good luck. Also, you might get hit yeah, by I, a car twice. So. I, that's why, because this is the other thing is, is how well Ellie arcs while still being a believable character. Like she comes in so like wide eyed, big city, timid and shy, like Nicola said. Uh, you know, wants to go to London, wants uh, nostalgic for the sixties, and she's still herself at the end. Like she's still very much the person we knew in the beginning. But her attitude towards things have evolved and changed, and her way she handles things, and the way she thinks about her 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 dying love for the city and the past has changed. But her attitude, like the way she presents herself, is still very similar, which I like because sometimes when that character arcs, especially in a short time, like this is a short time yeah. frame we're going over a couple yeah. of months maybe a year at the most by the by the I don't, end i don't which think is, it's that long at all but yeah. yeah i would say a couple of months um yeah. at the most um but she she doesn't have she arcs well but doesn't have her character's not some different person at the end um and that's what, i mean i the two leads in this just absolutely like with lesser performances it could be it could be more glaring. It could it, it could be a lot more style over substancey, but they bring they bring some substance. They bring, and that's another reason. Like I I love the Sandy character in the past, and that's why I, because she's so feisty and like ready to go in the beginning, and so not like Ellie. That's why I was like she can take on London. She'll be fine, and then she's not fine at all. <laughs> uh, but guys, I thought, but I thought she could. What do you guys think about the transition of we see Sandy? you know, have these dreams and of being a star and 
goes through this horrific experience and the the change that we then learn about of her becoming a serial killer um (laughs) (laughs) and yeah we haven't talked about that yet right yeah so she's a serial killer she killed all those dudes and uh faceless men yeah and then we 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 learn that mrs collins the Mm -hmm. apartment owner is sandy Mm -hmm. um which is very interesting twist i honestly did not see that coming i will i really didn't um but that was like the perfect thing that could have happened in my eyes that's why she's like oh, i get this feeling that someone died in here and when she says yeah it was me like holy shit i just felt so bad for her you know her life was ruined and what did you guys think about her attitude now as opposed to watching her turn into this like malicious sad person so the thing the thing that i so the thing that i like about the ending is i don't see it coming it's set up well it's a a twist that makes sense it makes sandy a more complex character not just a victim but she's not she's she's like the she's a bad guy that you can understand. She's a good, she's a good sympathetic villain, which are, Mm -hmm. I like that. What I don't like at the end here with Sandy is her, she kind of turns on a dime a couple of times. Mm -hmm. She's telling the story and she's poisoned her. She gives her the, we're not poisoned her, like the, whatever's the sedative, it's going to knock her out before they even have begin this conversation. So already she's like, she's good. She has this intent that she's going to do this to, to Ellie. Then Ellie has to like fight through it, and she's just trying to stab Ellie and stabs the the boyfriend when he shows up to try to save her. And then we have like a flash cuts between old her and old her and old her, like old her and actually old her, uh, past her <laughs> and old her. And uh, then by the end, when she gets up to the bedroom and all the faceless men, they're they're um they're Sid's toys from Toy Story. They're they they're they're scary and they're villainous, but then they're oh, help me, kill me, please free me, because they're they're like trapped in this house as ghosts. Like they they were bad, and that's the thing is how they're they were gross guys, but how villainous are they? They just hired prostitutes. I mean, they're they're is that bad enough to be murdered over i i don't know and then and then she well, comes sandy's in bitter i mean clearly oh sandy's bitter she's yeah. she not happy lady um <laughs> or she seems satisfied now after she's killed hundreds of them uh and hid them in the floorboards and i guess hangs garlic up everywhere hence that uh right. hence that little line like i love stuff like that um but by the end she's just and like she um, said, was... you need to close the drains because the smell comes up in the heat the summer Ugh. yeah Oh yeah, I was like all the yeah. rotting in the walls, um, and that's a, the thing is like. But the end, she all of a sudden decided she was she was wholly ready to kill her and kill the boyfriend, and then the house is on fire, and she's like, I give up, I'm all done, I'm at peace, and you can go, and I'm just gonna sit up here and burn in the fire. Yeah, after you just and I'm like, what? And almost killed my what? boyfriend. That was part of yeah. That's part of the reason that it's the ending's shaky. You know, that's the big th- reason that, at the end is like, yeah, I, I a, want to like this twist, but there's just, it's just, it doesn't quite fit together. It's so I like close. The twist. I just don't like how yeah. she acted now that we, she knows that she knows that Ellie was not doing anything malicious. She was trying to figure out what happened and to, to, you know, bring 
something to light. She didn't know that she was the killer. Like, acted, you know, Sandy acted like she was about to go tell the police or something. She just wanted to know what was going on. Yeah, but it's a bold po- move. Them snooping yeah. around, you know, it was only a matter of time before they figured out there's a hundred dudes buried in a floor. So that's fair. Yeah, it's a bold move too to have the woman who was abused and like sexually ab- sexually abused and sold off into prostitution have her ultimately be the villain. It's a it's a t- it's a tough move because it makes it gray. It makes it it makes you like re-question everything you've been watching and it makes you and like still at the end like i don't really know in like as i'm sitting here like she like she's definitely she killed people and she shouldn't have killed people and the people and i just don't know if the people she killed were bad they're portrayed as bad because they they use her and they don't really care about her but in the end she's they're just paying for sex and like I don't know if that's worth, like, if you should be stabbed for that. I, I don't know if the, I don't know if the punishment fits the crime. I don't know. I don't know that it does, but I don't know that it doesn't either. And I think that the, you know, part of the point, the part, one of the few things that does happen at the end that I like after, the, I like all the twist. I like all of that uh, going on. I knew as soon as she was going to go into the apartment that something untoward was going to happen when she's like let me make some tea and i was like did you notice the mail yes i noticed the mail and i was like oh my god that's what i knew knew. yeah yeah that's what i say i turned a call i'm like oh my her her name had uh alexandra Alexandra. that's that's sandy's real name and i I was like oh my god like literally like one minute before the twist is revealed yeah she's like look through the mail there's something there for you um but at the very very end the last one of the trinkets on the wall was from the past sorry i didn't mean to one of the trinkets on the wall was from the past too oh okay i'm sure there was a lot of easter eggs that were missed because there was he always has a lot of you know tchotchkes that mean something so that's just um, makes the rewatch value yeah well no not for me um (laughs) but the very last scene where she's you know she's off her runway and she's looking in the mirror she sees her mom and then she sees sandy and then sandy does the little mirror clink thing which is like them acknowledging one another and i Mm -hmm. took that to be you can take it one of two ways either passing the crazy along to you bitch or it's like (laughs) this is you know i made it because i'm i'm over i'm done i and it's okay and i'm going to give you the strength from what you know i had when i first came here to help you along i choose to believe the latter (laughs) i choose to believe that but i'm i'm leaning toward probably the crazy but But what do i think that i agree with you because that's not even the that's not even the final scene the final final scene is sandy Sandy is in the doorway dancing, which is also the opening oh, scene yeah. of Ellie mm-hmm. doing the same thing. And I think that it's just She's her, yeah, yeah, being able to be the same carefree onto the next stage of life. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a positive ending because at the end, she seems at peace and there's her, she doesn't have demons left to fight. I mean, she doesn't. She's at peace with the mom. She doesn't have the nightmares anymore, and the, and the lady's gone. She's she's gained confidence, and it has a successful fashion show. Uh, she's got the she's got John. Uh, the grandma's proud of her. Like and the and the snobby girls don't bother her anymore. Even the two and it, that's right. another. It was a great. They're so Edgar brave. Wright jokes. 
you're so brave. I love it because that, that's a very he does that in all of it. That's how you got red on you. Right. Where earlier in the movie they do you're so brave, you're so brave. And at the end they genuinely say it and not like as a mean girl way. Um. So it's that's what, no. The other chick still rolled her eyes. I was like, that's unnecessary now. Oh. Oh yeah. The the head Joc- mean girl. Jocasta's sure. yeah, yeah. Jocasta, but the other the other girls like the, the fluky girls who are just like you know the what like the background characters. Jocasta's they say you're gonna so wind brave. up. Jocasta's gonna wind up like Sandy. Let's be honest. That's what's gonna happen to her. So Jocasta's a little more like Sandy, actually. Yes. If you think about like their yes. attitudes when we first are introduced to both of them, I yeah. mean Jocasta's a way more like she has. Acerbic. She's got like yeah. She's she's specifically toxic. Where I think Sandy <laughs> just would do whatever she wants. Yeah, my mom committed suicide. Well, I had a I had a great uncle one time also committed suicide. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see one... that's chuckly stuff for me. The the soda that is with the not... name on it's chuckly. No, that's not chuckly. It is. We were that was some of the stuff that I was like, yeah, oh. it's funny. It's hmm. All I don't right. understand. I really don't understand. Um before we go, before any anything else for you guys, there is one more scene I want to talk about, and that's the library scene. Because <laughs> the library scene is excellent it's so well done it's um she she gets the tap on the shoulder and she freaks out and it's john and right. john's gonna help her and she's he, he's because john is loyal to the end john not a great yes. character very one-dimensional but he's gonna help her to the end he's the only one who believes her and then he gets she gets the tap on the she gets the we get closing in from the faceless guys in the aisles and it's all in the background and then we get the tap on the shoulder like oh you're back already and then yep. that's an earned like screep, screeching creature face uh, jump scare, and then they're all closing in on her in all the aisles, and then she almost stabs Jocasta because she's trying to stab the one. Earned scene, love that scene, really well put together. That actually, like maybe the only actually scary scene where everything's set up, uh, stakes are raised by the end of it, information's passed uh, in a good way. It's just a really well created scene. I love that scene. Libraries yeah. are abused. Libraries are abused. <laughs> we were just saying all these things. Stakes are raised. Blah blah blah. Libraries are abused. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the libraries aren't really. What, what? What? Nothing happens to the library. It's fine. My eyes were closed there because I knew it was going to happen. I knew the second tap was going to be just like the uh, alarm clock. So you know, I had my eyes closed and I heard the. Duh! the alarm, so, alarm clock was creepy too. Yeah, the alarm clock was great. Did, did you see that one coming though, or did that? No, one that's catch that's you? when I started actually hating this film. So why like, don't you just let yourself get caught with the jump scares? Just just let it I happen. don't because I don't like it. I don't like I don't like to be. I'm easily startled just in real life. So when you uh, intentionally do it, it's even. I grew up with two brothers, older brothers, and my life was a jump scare. I have no interest in really <laughs> my life that. was a jump scare. Basically, um, Halloween was a freaking nightmare for me. So, yeah. <laughs> That's not funny. Um, Stop laughing. It's funny stuff. Uh, do you guys have any other points you wanted to bring up before we wrap this one up? I feel like we covered pretty much everything. Great acting by both female leads. I'm going to say that. And Diana Rigg oh, yes. in, her last, in her last thing, you know. Yeah, yeah I could right believe after. that. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Um, but Terrence I... Stamp still going strong after like 100 years or whatever. Yeah. I really liked this a lot, actually. I was really surprised at how much I liked this. I was very attentive, and it was um, really interesting. And I, circling back here to my coworker that asked what I thought, I told him I highly recommended this. So So that sounds like one high recommend from Nicole. Okay, you recommended Last Night in Soho? Can't do it. 
Can't it's do it. Wrong of you. I would be responsible <laughs> for that, and I. Is don't. anyone as scared of movies from than you though? Like, like I think the original Toy Story that scene actually probably you probably did cover your eyes. That probably did. That probably did scare. Like, you, you are so easy. Are you about the baby? Your bar for being scared is so. Uh, that is terrifying. It's freaking terrifying, but no, I did not. Um, <laughs> your uh, bar for being scared though is just the lowest of anyone I personally know. That's you know not yeah, a, uh, under the age of six. I'd say it's pro it's probably the lowest amongst my friends, but I don't know that. I don't think anybody, first of all, would appreciate if I said these are the other Edgar Wright films, they'd all go, haven't seen it, haven't seen it, haven't seen it, haven't seen it, haven't seen it. And so if I were to say you should go see this because it's an Edgar Wright film, there's no reason for that because no one, they they wouldn't. Mm, And me saying go see a horror film, they know that that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I, I can't. Sorry. Sorry, Edgar. Sorry. It's a uh, it's middle of the road Edgar Wright for me, um, which is still great because I think, again I assert even though I don't love Baby Driver I don't think he's ever made a bad movie. Baby Driver is probably my least favorite other than Sparks. Um, Just the music of but, Baby Driver though, come on. But Ansel Elgort sucks so, ass. He's so yeah, terrible. I know. He's the and he's the main character. He's baby. Like he's Baby Driver, and he <laughs> sucks. That's the next thing. This movie baby might driver. be that this movie might be more unwieldy and and less tight. But the lead, the actors in this are so much better, and I like That's the ambition true. of this one better. I don't, I don't, I'm not a car chase guy either. So there's just nothing. Baby Driver just doesn't. There's nothing for, and the character, the the John Hamm character and the, the Kevin Spacey characters. characters, they're so, they're so like caricature-y. They're not like real people. Everyone else in his movies, were, I guess you can't do American movies because Canadian works fine. Scott Pilgrim's good, and yeah. all his British stuff's great. So I guess he's just maybe not American characters for me. But, there you go. Uh, yeah, recommend for sure. So two recommends, one not recommend for last night in Soho. Uh, so fun, fun talk. A lot of good, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of juice in here to get into. And uh, it's in the theaters. There's no streaming available as of right now. But uh, that's it for this episode. Yeah. We got some more theater stuff coming up. I think next is the same. The same three of us will be back for. Eternals, and that'll be coming out in a couple days. Um, again, mixed, lower mixed reviews than the average Marvel movie, so we'll have to weigh in. Because Angelina see. Jolie's in it. <laughs> Haven't you still never seen an Angelina? <laughs> I've Jolie never movie? seen an Angelina Jolie film, and, and, and like her in any single movie. Maleficent. No, I've never seen Maleficent. I never seen Maleficent, and that's what, I love Maleficent the character, but those movies look bad. <laughs> I guess I'm breaking the streak. I'm I'm losing my Angelina Jolie virginity. (laughs) You're losing your Angie V card. In a a turn, and it's for Eternals, where she's one of like a hundred other actors. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. In the meantime, if you have anything to recommend to us, we'll get back to listener suggestions sometime in the new year. Films with the woman in my life on Facebook. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Brennan underscore Podhost, and you can email the show filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Thank you guys for being on last night in Soho. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. You're welcome. Great title, too. Love the title. Um, Till next time, this is Brennan signing off. Say thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, 
and on Twitter at FilmsWomenPod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole Telesio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies. Thank <laughs> you.